This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. Brother Walton again, Reverend Walton from uh, Jail Ministry. Glad to see you again. Hope you had a good holiday. Uh, it is now 2022. I never thought we'd ever see it. Amen. But I'm glad we did, and I'm glad we're here. Uh, one more message from the Word of God. Go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to Psalms 119.105 right now. Uh, we'll be in Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. But I want to say this. Before I get into the message, the message title is, How is your neighborhood doing? How is your neighborhood doing? I'm going to preach, teach a part of scripture that we don't usually hear a message from it. And uh, um, Nehemiah was concerned with how was things going back where I'm from. I'm in captivity or I'm in jail or prison. How is it going over here? And because of his great concern for his neighborhood and his desire to do something for it in Christ, things turned around. God got him released. God got him sent back. And he went back and made major changes. He was God's change agent. Amen. And it was all spiritual. But I want you to think about this. Psalms 119.105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. So where I go... Your word will lead my feet where to go. Your word is a light to my path. Feet is immediately step by step. Path is my ultimate goal. Amen. And his word will take us where we need to go. That's why we're going to look at some scripture we don't normally look at. And I pray you see it. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, including the introduction in Nehemiah chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Amen. It's profitable for you. It's profitable for me. Amen. I always like to say that because sometimes uh, we'll start talking about this and what we're doing. What I notice people doing is they start applying the philosophy of this day, 2022, or, or uh, destroyed America as a philosophy. Amen. Our country is going down. We're no longer following Christ. Uh, we're lost. That's what it means when it says you're lost. It doesn't mean you don't know where you're at geographically on a map. It means spiritually you don't know where you're at. You're not where you need to be with God. So go ahead and take your Bibles. Turn to Nehemiah chapter 1. We'll read verses 1 through 4. Have a word of prayer. And then we'll get to our lesson for today. I want to thank God for you. I want to thank God that you listen to the Holy Spirit who led you to turn on your tablet or whatever you're using to watch this message today, and uh, this is to his glory and honor, but it is to your benefit what we're going to look at in the Word of God today. I'm going to have to follow my notes really good today, because sometimes I get off on a tangent, and I don't want to get off on a tangent. Amen? The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. Now, I'm using the New King James Version. Don't worry about saying the names right. Uh, sometimes I skip the names. I say, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. I'm just going to go on over it, y'all, and I'll keep on reading. Don't worry about the names, okay? It came to pass in the month of Chislu, 
in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the citadel, <coughs> that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came with me, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. I, so appropriate. We're talking about people that were in captivity, and the people I'm primarily preaching to are people that are in jail and prison. I pray, I pray you see that point. Verse 3, And they said to me, The survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress. The province is back over in Jerusalem, 1,200 miles from where he's at. Back when this was being written, it would take you three months to travel 1,200 miles on a donkey or a camel. All right? And it would be dangerous. Amen? Uh, they're in great distress and reproach. While you're gone away, they're in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. Verse 4, So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Let us have a word of prayer and then we'll get to our message for today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for these folks, these people watching the message on the internet and listening. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray your blessing and uh, uh, that attentive hearts and minds would be open and we would see the application of this message for us now today and the people today and that we would stay in there and stay in your word and we would learn. Put a guard on my lips, anoint me from on high, forgive me where I failed yet. I pray we would see the truths from Nehemiah and we would apply them to our lives. Thank you for Jesus. If there's any unsaved, I pray today would be the day of salvation. If there are any lost and not sure what to do now that I'm saved, let them take this piece of text right here and use it from your holy word to figure out which way they ought to go. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. So Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 1, let me say something. The words of Nehemiah the son of Hakaliah. So it's kind of like his memoirs. And this man, Nehemiah, he's a cup holder. He's not, he's not a priest. He's not a Levite. He's not a prophet. He's, he's just a man who loves God. And uh, uh, he's going to tell us his story here. And, and the next thing is, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, uh, the citadel. He's in the king's palace, Xerxes, amen. And you think, why is God telling us all these dates and times? He's still a young man. And many of you are young men and young women, and you got energy. I'm an old man. I don't got the energy I used to have, amen. I was just talking to my friend who's taping this for us and handling all the technical aspects of it and everything like that. He's a believer now, man living for God. I said, you know what? I, I'm kind of, we need to tape in the morning because in the evening I'm not really that good. He's telling you all this stuff. Nehemiah's a young man. He's 30, 40 years old, and he's got all his life. He's got all his strength in his life dedicated and pushed towards God, amen? Even when he's the cupbearer, he's still loving God and still caring about the things of God. In a little while, he's going to talk about they're in great distress. They're in great turmoil. The, the, the walls are torn down. The gates are torn down. Walls keep things in. Walls keep things out. Everybody needs walls in their life. He's mourning and crying. Because his people are in great distress. 
we need to think about somebody just in self. Amen. When we think about self and nobody else, we get into trouble. Amen. We are all uh, communal people or creatures. We want to communicate with other people. We want to interact with other people. And Nehemiah has a love for his people. And you should have a love for your people. So many people are going to be godly. And the godly people ought to tell the ungodly about God. That's what he wants you to do. That's the great commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. But the first place you start at home. Amen. We need to show piety at home first. Amen. Don't think. When you sit there and read verse 1. We think oh, I, I have no idea what he's talking about. And we just kind of read over real fast and go on. All scripture is given by inspiration to God. Hey, he's young and he's using his energy for that. In uh, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 13, when Solomon finishes that book, in verse 1, he says, hear the conclusion of the whole matter. He said, I done wrote 13 chapters. He says, hear the conclusion of this whole thing. Serve God in your youth. Amen. Now, when he says that, somebody says, oh, well, serve him when you're young, but don't serve him when you're young. No, 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 no. Start serving God when you're young. I'm 63, almost 63 years old now. I started when I was 20. Somebody invited me to church. I got saved. I've been in and out of jail and all kinds of drugs, alcohol, all kinds of whoremongers, all that stuff before. And I got saved when I was 20. And God turned my life right side up. Can I get a witness? Amen. Why is that? Serve God in your youth. Thank God. I ain't been to, ain't been to jail or had any of those problems for 42 years. Why is that? Serve God starting in your youth. Make that your goal. Make that your aspiration in life. Amen. Push all your energy towards that. Amen. Don't push your energy towards job schooling, blah, 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 and all this. Other. Make your energy. Seek God first. Amen. Uh, Matthew 633. Uh, oh man, I can't remember what it says, you know. Uh, Seek God first and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Uh, words of that effect. Did you hear what he said? Seek God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. I finally got it. Amen. Holy Spirit brought it back to me. All right. There's no doubt about what God is saying to do. And this young man is doing that. I don't want you to think verse 1 is just a waste of time and God just had to put something in there. Amen. He's trying to point out to you. Do these things while you're young. Now he's been around a while. He's a mature believer. And he's thinking... Oh, man. By the way, did you see his hard attitude down there in verses 3 and 4? He's asking about these people. And then he wept and mourned for his people. What are you thinking about? Verse, verse 2, amen. That was verse 1. Verse 2, we're going to move on. Verse 2, and this is point number 1. He has a sincere and a severe concern for his people. Let me read verse 2 to you again. That Hananiah, one of my brethren, somebody, one of my friends, one of my homeboys, one of my partners from back on the block. He says to him, uh, um, came with men from Judah. All right, so they then went over there, did delivered whatever they had to deliver, these people have, and they didn't come back. Somebody was in jail with you, got out, went home, and then they, they messed up again, and they come back. And he, and he says to him, uh, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem, who had survived the captivity. They've been in jail or prison in Babylon for 70 years. 
uh, Cyrus released him maybe 20 years before. He said, you can go back if you want to. All right, those of you who are free, you can go back if you want to. And you can build the temple and all this other stuff and you can start serving God again. And, and, and people went back and they rebuilt the temple. But the city is surrounded by walls that are tore down. Gates and bars that are tore down. I keep mentioning walls and gates and bars. I said it already. Walls keep certain things out. Walls keep certain things in. We need, here's my walls for my life, my Bible. It keeps certain things in and it keeps certain things out. Because I read it and I do my best to obey it. Can I get a witness? Amen. And I pray and ask God. God, keep me away from liquor, dope, and whoring around. Amen. Why? Because all those things are bad. I got walls that tell me. Don't do all that stuff. Amen. Whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Amen. Uh, uh, be not drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Don't be taking substances to change your natural mind. Amen. I need, the only substance I need to change my mind is the Word of God. Amen. I want to frame my working and thinking around this. Amen. And, and uh, he had a severe concern for his people. I asked them about the Jews who returned from the captivity and about Jerusalem. Amen. And are you concerned about your neighborhood? You could, you should be. Amen. Why is God telling us all this story? He's showing us a man who was concerned. You need to be concerned about people getting saved, born again, going to church in your neighborhood. You need to be concerned about the children. Okay, some of the old people you can't do nothing with. When I say old, I mean 25, 30 and up. You can't do anything with them. But you can surely do something with the children, amen? I don't know about you because of the way I grew up, and I grew up in the hood doing all that crazy stuff. I'm not going to get into all the details. I didn't say enough, you understand. From 11 to 20 years old, I did all that crazy stuff, amen? You know what? When I was 20 years old, I looked back and I said, man, when I was 10 years old, I never saw myself where I had fallen to, amen? And the mess, the destruction of my life. Over in Revelations chapter uh, 9, verses, uh, uh, I want to say it's verse uh, 12, and, and uh, uh, it says, He calls the angel of the uh, a bottomless pit, uh, Apollyon and Abaddon, and that means destroyer and destruction. I had allowed the world's philosophy and the angel of the bottomless pit to lead me and guide me to destroy the life that God had blessed me with. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. Thank God for the changes he can make in a man's life. Are you sure? Are you concerned about your family that you were born into? Do you got young brothers and sisters that are looking up to you and without realizing it, they're following you, but you're following a bad road. We read Psalms 119.105, that word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Feet are your feet and where it goes. If you were following the right path, it'd be okay that they were following you, but they're not. And so many of the people that are in jail or in prison, their relatives, their children are in there as well. Uh, uh, follow the same path, you know. And it's kind of like uh, we reap what we sow. We sowed a bad seed. And we're reaping a bad seed. So we asked about your neighborhood. We asked about your birth children and the children growing up. And you're not, not, these are not just the ones that are in your bloodline, but the ones that are out there in the hood that you know, your friends, your, your homie, your, 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 your partners, uh, 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 brothers and sisters, or maybe kids they didn't have. 
Are you concerned about them? Nehemiah was concerned about all these people, and he's our example that God has laid out for us to look at today. Amen? Verse 2, let me read it just one more time so you can see that it's God talking about it. That Hananiah, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem, the city. In verse 3, we're about to read it. He's going to tell them they're in great distress, and they're in great reproach. Amen. And uh, uh, the distress is trouble. I just saw a news report in Chicago, Illinois, on the south side where the African-American people mainly live and on the west side where the African-American people live. The poor, depressed neighborhood. And by the way, it's poor and depressed not because white people are oppressing them. It's poor and depressed because they're not following God. I live in an all-black neighborhood. We're not poor and depressed. We don't have gun sh shootings and, and dope dealing on the corner and whoring down the road and all this. I live in a black neighborhood right down the road from here. Why do we have all that? We're following God. Not everybody in there is, but the majority of the people in the neighborhood I live in are. We don't all go to the same church. By the way, the church I do go to, the pastor of that church, probably uh, 20 of the people in the church come from the neighborhood he's in. Why? He didn't talk to them. He didn't invite them. He was like Nehemiah. He had a concern for the people of his birth. He had a concern for his neighbors. He had a concern for his young brothers and sisters. He had a concern. In a little while, we're not going to get to it. Nehemiah in verse 4, it's talking about he was uh, weeping and crying. Like, why is he weeping and mourning? Why is he crying? Man, he's in agony. So he starts praying and fasting to God. Fasting from, to God is I'm not taking what I need. Okay? We're human beings. In America, we eat three times a day. We probably just ought to eat two times a day. Amen? But we eat three times a day. Nehemiah is not eating. For many days, he prayed and fast. And he said, God, God, this is an impossible situation. There's no hope. It is absolute destruction. Apollyon and Abaddon. God, God, help us. Don't you know God heard his prayer? Don't you know within two or three months, he was doing his job to King Xerxes, and he was taste testing the wine to make sure it wasn't poison, and then he would give it to the king, and the king would drink his wine. And the king said, you've been with me a long time. He said, I've never seen you sad before. He said, oh, oh I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be with a sad face. He said, how can I not be sad? He said, God, what do I say to him? Save me here, God. I don't want to get fired. I don't want to get my head chopped off. He said, well, king, how can I not be sad? My, my, my homeland, the city of my ancestors, the people, I've never even seen it. I've been in captivity all this time. He said, the place where I was born is in utter destruction. The walls are torn down. The gates are torn down and burned. And there's rubble and trash everywhere. Sound like the inner city where you came from? Sound like the neighborhood or the household you came from? It's Apollyon and abandoned destruction and destroyed. God opened up a door. He prayed and fasted. It didn't seem like his prayer and fast. God laid it on the king. The king's heart said, well, what can I do to help you? 
I'm the king of all the known world at this time. I'm Artaxerxes. I'm the king. What can I do? I have all the power I, from, from Ethiopia to India. I rule everything. Greatest empire in the world for a couple of hundred years. He said, would you give me authority and power to go back? and to rebuild the walls and tell them to give me all the supplies and everything we need. To, uh, would you let me be the governor? He said, well, sure. He said, just stay there a while and then come back. He says, okay, well, I'm going to stay there about 10 or 12 years, and I'll come back and report to you. He says, all right, that sounds like a good day. God answered his prayer. If God answered Nehemiah's prayer, he'll answer your prayer. Thank you, my brother. He'll answer your prayer. God heard him. So verse 3, and they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity, the ones who have already went back. Here it is. They're in great distress. That's trouble. Some of you get out of jail and you go back to the hood and there's trouble. I just found out that jail ministry here in the area where we're at, they're uh, 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 getting a, uh, uh, people that are involved with that ministry are getting together a shelter and men that get out can go there and get themselves uh, kind of fixed up get situated so they can get a job and get, a, uh, get themselves going in a, a, a civilian life again or non-jail life and free life. They can go back to Jerusalem and go back there and they can get, get things going again. Amen. They got a place that they're fixing up and they're trying to help them. You know what? That's exactly what a lot of y'all ought to do. God, are you praying? Are you praying, fasting, and mourning and asking God, oh God, help me. I'm not talking about you putting on a show. Are you sincere about this thing? God, I want to be like Nehemiah. I want to go back and save my community. Amen. So uh, uh, let me do verse three. Uh, uh, um, uh, great distress uh, morning. And, uh, and uh, uh, oh, there it is. Amen. Uh, uh, a severe concern. And here is uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, a concerning report. Trouble, fear from without and within. Gang violence, drug violence, uh, domestic violence, amen. Poor learning, the public school system is no good in the area, amen. Uh, 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 substance abuse led to other kinds of abuse, uh, sexual abuse, uh, 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 alcohol abuse, uh, child abuse, wife abuse, husband abuse, all kinds. It's so dysfunctional and crazy. And by the way, we don't want to tell everybody. That's why they're in great uh, reproach. Reproach is disgrace or embarrassment. We're disgraced to take our friends down to where we're at, not as they grew up in that area. We don't want to take a preacher like me down. Oh, I don't want you to know where. Man, it's, it's terrible where I go. Yeah, I understand. Jail is a symptom of the problem. The problem is the family system is broke down from the way God created the family work back in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. That's another message for another time. That's why you'll hear me say words like dis. Functional. Why is it dysfunctional? It does not function the way God wanted to because we didn't do it the way God wanted to. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. You can make a decision today to turn from the way you're going and go a total another way. Amen. You can turn. Amen. Disgrace. Uh, um, I'm going to move on because of our time. Verse 4. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned. It was God that caused him to ask that question. Weeping and mourning. Weeping has the idea of anguish. It's just, it just, oh, it just turned. Oh, man. And mourning. 
He fasted and prayed, and he prayed to the God of Kevin's armies, and God answered his prayers. And he went back and turned the whole thing around through prayer and fasting and working with the people. He went out and said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start working, and we're reading the Bible, and we're, we're going to rebuild these walls. We're going to remove all the rubble and rubbish out of our life, out of our city. We're going to rebuild the walls, and he assigned each family a section of wall or gate to rebuild. And the next thing you know, by the way, he had enemies from within. He had enemies from without. Uh, he had Sambalot and Tobiah. And another Gershom, all right, one of them was up north in Samaria. One of them was to the east in the Ammonite area, what we know as Jordan now today. One of them was in the south where Edom or Edomites were or where Esau was, amen. And then the Mediterranean was on the other side. And then there were people even in the priesthood who were helping Sambalot and Tobiah attack him. They were, they were telling him everything he was doing. Enemies from without and from within. And God overcame it all. Can I get a witness? Amen. Woo! How much time we got, brother? Amen. We still got five minutes. So let me do, let me do verse four some justice here. Amen. Uh, gates seem to be important. They allow stuff in and out. Right now you want to have your gate open and allowing the word of God to come in. The light of his word to come in. When the light is on, we can see. We can make wise decisions. All things are lawful unto me, but all things don't edify. All things are not beneficial or helpful. Amen. I do not want to let everything in. Whoa, wait, stop. He let some stuff in from outside the city once the walls and gates were, and some stuff. He said, y'all can't come in here. Amen. And if I see you here again, I'm going to lay hands on you. Amen. Don't you be coming back to my city. Amen. You get out of here with that marijuana. You get out of here with that alcohol. You get out of here with that crystal meth. You get out of here with that cocaine. And you get out of here with that uh, trying to run the women. Amen. You need to think about all that. Amen. Um, you need to think about that. So the wall seems to be important. Amen. See, that's what he really asked the king for permission. Let me go back and build the walls and the gates again. Why? If we just... Get this to be our spiritual walls and spiritual gates. We can let in what needs to be let in and we can keep out what needs to be kept out. Amen. Sometimes we need to put people out of our life. Amen. Why? They were your friend before you went to jail, but they ain't necessarily your friend when you get out. Oh, yeah. They buddy, buddy, hunky dory, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Shucking and jiving and dapping and all this other stuff. But he wants to do the same old stuff that got me in jail before. I don't need to hang around with nobody like that. Can I get a witness? Amen. Therefore, if any man be a Christ, he's a new creature. Old things need to pass away. Amen. All things need to become true. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. They're going to pull you down. Amen. God wants to lift you up. I hope we can see that. Amen. I hope we can see that. And uh, as I close this thing, no walls, no control of your life or city. Amen. Thank you, sir. Keep wanted stuff in and keep unwanted stuff out. In conclusion, chapter 13, I ain't saying I ain't going to preach no more out of Nehemiah next week. We'll see. Pretty soon I start school again. I don't know if I'm going to be here as many times as I want to be. Y'all pray for me and I'll pray for y'all. And uh, whatever the Lord lets happen will happen. I want you to hear what he said in verse 31. 
the last verse of the book of Nehemiah. There's 13 chapters. So we just did chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We're skipping all the way to the end, 13th chapter, verse 31. And to, I'm going to read 30, so 31 won't make sense without 30. Thus I cleanse them of everything pagan. I cleanse them. I use the word of God to cleanse myself and know what's good and what's bad. When he said, every, I cleanse them of everything that's pagan, evil, demonic, devilish stuff. Stuff that is contrary to the word of God. I got a job because God ordained and instituted work. I got a wife in holy matrimony. I got kids from that holy matrimony marriage. Amen. I got a household and God is blessing all that. Amen. Uh, I also assign duties to the priests and the Levites. He assigned duties to husbands and wives and families, each to his service and to bringing the wood offering and the first fruits to appointed times. Here's what I want you to hear what he had to say. Remember me, oh my God, for good. Amen. Remember me for all the good stuff I did to further the cause of Christ. Can you make that prayer to God? Can you say that? Have you been doing what Nehemiah's had? Have you stood up and fought the fights and the battles that need to be the spiritual fights and wars that are going on? Spiritual warfare is real. The devil is real and he's trying to destroy you. Pray this prayer with me. Just to make sure you're saved, pray this prayer with me to dedicate your life to Christ if you're already saved. Bow your head and close your eyes and say something like this. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And Jesus is the Savior, and I need him. And God, I need walls and doors like Nehemiah did in Jerusalem. I need them on my life and on my community. Help me be a salt and a light to wherever you're from. You fill in the place. And God, if I'm not saved, I pray you would save me today. I believe Jesus died and substitutionary paid my sin debt. Please save me. Please help me. Please help me be the man you want me to be or the woman you want me to be. In Christ Jesus' name, amen.